The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, beautiful people. This is www.flashblackradio.com. I am Da Vinci Parks, aka Lee Bennett III, and I am sitting once again in studio with none other than Dr. Charlie Brown. So we're having her back for the health and wellness of Culture Shock. Dr. Charlie, how you doing? I'm fantastic, Lee. Always my honor and my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me as usual. This has become a regular thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, you want to bring excellence and you want to invite it and help it flourish and grow any way you can. So that's what I'm trying to do. So, Word. I affirm all of that. That's what's up. That's what's up. So so what what goes on? What, what, what can we discuss today that we haven't perhaps touched on in the last few sessions that we discussed? Well, you know, what's been on my spirit has been the idea of reciprocity. Okay. So how about we start there? Okay. That sounds good. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go where you lead. Well, let me ask you a question. What's your definition of reciprocity? Mm. I don't think I have. So for me, I don't necessarily think I have necessarily one definition of, of reciprocity or, in, or a lot of other definitions. Um, <laughs> like some people might look at reciprocity in, in its simplest form, I would imagine as quid pro quid pro quo or something for something. Um, I, I think of it uh, as like a, a, an exchange of energy and e- hopefully an equal exchange of energy. So if I, if I put out good energy or good behavior, good attitude, good vibes, whatever, the hope is that when whoever I'm doling that out to or wherever that's going, it'll come back to me in kind. That's the hope with reciprocity. So if I do good things for someone or, you know, not necessarily for them, but just do good things and they're the recipient of such good energy, vibes, whatever, the hope is that it'll, it'll come back. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to necessarily come back exactly as it was given out, but, you know, the hope is that it'll come back. Um yeah, but I, I, I don't I don't know. I, I think, you know, as as you go through life sometimes you, you tend to look at things a little bit different. I don't I don't necessarily think that reciprocity is equal for a lot of people. I think that you can do a lifetime of good works and not necessarily get anything directly back from it, or at least in the same manner in which you put it out. So um it doesn't have to be necessarily something for something, equal exchange. I don't you know. Okay. <laughs> I find that your face. Recipro- <laughs> <laughs> Word. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I just that gives us a good starting point. I uh-huh. think. Uh, I find that there's two important things about reciprocity. One, as you said, that it's not always from the same person. Mm-hmm. And so, and uh, so, understanding that me giving you an ice cream cone does not mean that you will give me an ice cream cone back. Mm-hmm. So reciprocity, I, I have a math brain, so I think of it as a as a netting out mm-hmm. um, pluses and minuses, but they may be different and maybe going in different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
The second point about reciprocity for me is that it's about understanding my own currency, what I accept and give out, and another person's currency. So the currency exchange is not always equal, but it does have to be meaningful for each party. Does it have to be meaningful or should it be meaningful? Should is a very dangerous word, but... Right. So I can't speak in. I try not to speak in shoulds. Um, It could be Uh, it. It it makes the most sense when the value of my currency is about equal to the value of your currency, but to me. Mm -hmm. So me receiving your currency needs to be an approximately equal exchange to me giving you whatever you're receiving of my currency. Mm-hmm. An example of that, a good friend of mine, he, I am his advice woman. <laughs> what did you so, say? Do you hear- I am his advice woman. Okay. One of, he has several. I am one of them. You should, you should have feeds, a couple. Yes. And he feeds me. Okay. So I knew that he would come pick me up. We would go somewhere, I would listen, I would offer advice. And I knew that somewhere in this exchange, I would get fed and fed well. Mm -hmm. And while those may seem unequal, that was a perfectly equal exchange for me. Mm -hmm. I speak food, I value a good meal. Mm -hmm. And was fine that the exchange was advice. I knew, I I understood the setup. Mm -hmm. I understood that I would get a good meal out of this and I could provide advice, which is also fulfilling for me. Mm -hmm. And he, the same. He was fine that in his his brain, the price of my advice was this meal. Mm -hmm. So it's about understanding each other's currency. And reciprocity is also about... Maybe the expectation that this that this energy will come back to me mm-hmm. in a different way, maybe not necessarily from this person. So in a lot of ways, reciprocity is is about not having the expectation for the direct person that you're doing this with. Um, there's caveats to this, of course, mm-hmm. but about not having expectations that they're going to do this thing back in kind. Mm-hmm. We also don't necessarily have amazing tools of communication. There's vast amount of miscommunication in the world because we perhaps don't understand each other's currency. Most people give out the currency they would like to receive back. That'd be like love languages. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Except I I expand a little bit and call it currency just because it can. No, no, I get it. No, I like currency. I like the term. And then I'm going to, I actually got something I want to like throw back at you, but continue, please. So it, it's about, it's about you netting out to something that feels good most of the time. Sometimes we're going to give something and want that thing in return. And the person may not be able to give that back to us, that specific person. Mm -hmm. It may make sense to look around in the rest of our world to see where we do get that energy back Mm -hmm. because energy is a very fluid dynamic thing. And it's, it moves stagnant energy doesn't do anybody any good. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that energy moves, if I'm putting something out, it will come back to me in kind, but it may look different than what I'm expecting it to look like. Okay. So I want to put a, put a pause right here and I want to throw something out like a personal thing for me. 
and then like throw out an example. I think they'll hopefully bring it home. I don't know. I feel like talking to you, I sound more intelligent than most of the times when I'm not talking to you. Um, so, um, a personal belief that I have with regard to reciprocity is that you may want to be guarded in how you do things or expect things in return. Like the, the, the basically the quid pro quo that I was talking about, the something for something. Like I'm doing something with the express expectation that I'm going to get something specific back. And that's not the way reciprocity always works. It's not something specific. Like if I give you this dollar bill, you're going to give me back the exact change that I want if I'm breaking a dollar. Like maybe you only have like two quarters, I mean, uh, two 50 cent pieces and I want it four quarters. Uh, that's not what I was getting to. What I was getting to though is reciprocity can very be easily like examined, I think, from the lens of dating, how it has been traditionally viewed. There was a very real period in time where, you know, when we were younger, where dinner in a movie, you know, being paid for by the man in his mind, depending upon the man, would equate to something being reciprocated to him in the way of some sort of some sort of favor. Doesn't necessarily have to be expressly sexual favor. It could be some type of gratitude that builds up to some point later. But, you know, it's like, I'm going to do this nice thing because this is what we do when we court. I'm putting this energy out here because I want to get something back in return. And mm, like, I don't necessarily know if that's the best way to go about things. Maybe instead of like putting that out there, you can like have a conversation about that and, and figure out because you might be putting all that currency out there. In this case, literal currency in hopes of getting something back that's not literal currency and you might not get the thing that you want back you might not get anything back at all but there's no there's no guarantee or there's no requirement for the other person to have to provide back to you something that you see what i'm saying so i i think you know i th- and i think this is where reciprocity can be get, can become a little bit dicey that's why i said it's not necessarily always something for something or something for the thing that you ex- expressly want so i would say that dating has changed Courting and the idea of courting has changed. Do people court anymore? For the most part, I don't think they do. I agree with that. (laughs) For the the most part. part. For the most part. (laughs) For the most part. I'm a little old-fashioned still. I got a little some old-fashioned sensibilities. I'm willing to court, but you got to... (laughs) Yeah. So it's also from a woman's perspective, your literal currency is, in fact, also paying for my time. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so time and attention. Sex, yes. Sex can be a currency for sure. Mm-hmm. And yes, most men who after a certain number, they expect something sexual in return, uh, realistically. Mm-hmm. And so that's changing. That's we're in an age right now where our ideas about ourselves are changing and expanding in a lot of ways, we need men to access their feminine side, their receptive receiving side. And and at the same time, you're still probably going to have to pay for a first date. <laughs> so there's a lot of there's a lot of change happening. And we don't necessarily know all of the rules. And I would say that's specific with reciprocity, where, yes, we're finding new ideas of currency. So yes, my time and attention. Yes, that is worth your first date. I I promise you. And 
it's not necessarily going to come with sex right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually say that for black women, Steve Harvey's book, think like, act like a lady, think like a man. Um, he calls it a rule book. I, I read it. Mm-hmm. I saw an excerpt online. He's not usually my cup of tea. I saw an excerpt online and mm-hmm. was like, this is pretty good. And went out the next day and bought the book. Mm-hmm. I think that the advice is mostly spot on. And I think it needs to be a little old school. And so needs to be updated for modern times. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it is. Um, but solid advice where he's like, he has a 90 day rule where 90 days before you have sex with the person, mm-hmm. but no, specifically for women toward men mm-hmm. 90 days before you have sex with the man mm-hmm. to see what his intentions are and about setting a price. And I think those are, they're still true. And I just think we're expanding what it all means for us as individuals. Mm. Okay. I think we will get off topic on this one. Well, that's fine. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I think we are, I think we are in, um, I think times aren't, I think times have changed and the idea of what it what 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 is the the line or the the threshold for intimacy to occur has shifted greatly and I don't I don't necessarily agree or disagree. I think that's a decision that as a consenting and hopefully responsible and transparent adult that you can make for yourself. For me, I'm more concerned about, you know, um, the, the, the sexual health of myself and I, I, obviously my partner, who my, my partner would be with or whatever. Those, those type of things matter to me, whatever. But if we're having open and honest conversation about what it is we're doing, who we're doing it with or whatever, and you know, we're aware of our status or whatever. I feel like that alleviates a lot of things. Now, a lot of people might not be on that, 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 that train and that's fine. I'm not trying to say I'm going around all willy, willy nilly, loosey goosey. Cause that's just, I'm paranoid. So I'm not, but I'm just saying like, there are other people who don't necessarily feel like, like 90 days is somewhat laughable in certain regards because just because you wait 90 days doesn't mean that that dude ain't out there doing whatever whatever whoever else is still working on you at the same time you know what i mean i think there are other ways to to find out a a a, a guy's intent whatever that you can there, there are ways to smoke them out a lot faster than just sitting on it for 90 days you know what i'm saying it's like what do you just like unveil like okay well it's been 90 days so here we go like i don't I don't really think that's really a threshold. Like ninety days is nothing to wait if that's what you're if that's what you're after, because you can date multiple women, just set them all on different clocks or whatever, and should get around to it. If that was your aim, I'm just saying. I just I don't know. I I think it's I, I think it's I think it's antiquated. Some of the stuff that I've heard, I haven't read it to be fair, but I mean, I don't I don't I don't I don't know. There 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 are things I respect about his business acumen or whatever, but there are also things that I've heard him say whatever that I'm. I'm I disagree with. So I like maybe I'm being a little bit uh uh disagreeable on this one right here because you said Steve Harvey. <laughs> so That's I, fine. I'm not I'm not a huge fan, mm-hmm. honestly. Um but again, I was I was intrigued enough with the book that I went out and bought it. Okay. 
I also like books. I like words. I like to read. Uh, and so being intrigued enough with something by someone who I would certainly keep at an arm's length, that's, that's intriguing to me to go out and buy. What One of the things you touched on, though, was the idea of intimacy. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really changing because intimacy used to be uh, it used to be interchangeable with sex. Mm-hmm. And now people are finding deeper meaning in things like time, attention, conversation, things that aren't necessarily specifically sexual in nature mm-hmm. at first. They can be, of course, we can flip anything and turn it into sex, mm-hmm. but finding the value of that and the value of that is going to be a different mix for every person. And I think that what has, what is happening now is that people are getting permission to expand their definition of what that means to them, Mm -hmm. of what it means to be intimate with someone. I have what I would describe as platonically intimate relationships with a number of men, Mm -hmm. a number of men who are married or partnered to other people. Mm -hmm. And yet, if you ask me about our relationship, it is intimate. Mm -hmm. It is intimate. We know things about each other. We know some, you know, we know deeper desires about each other. We know more than friendship of the goings on of people's lives and the the main players and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We share a connection um, that there's some psycho spiritual stuff and socio emotional stuff that goes with it, but it's at a high enough level that I would call it intimacy. Mm-hmm. And yet. These are people that I've never, I've never physically intimate with. Yeah. Um, and so what I think is happening now is this expansion of the idea of intimacy. I think. And we're all figuring out what that new mix is for each of us. Mm-hmm. I agree that 90 days is somewhat arbitrary as far as waiting to have sex, waiting 90 days. But what it does is it makes you think it through. It may, you've had time to sit with this energy and not be able to do anything and not being able to do anything is you honoring yourself. Mm -hmm. After 90 days, you know that sleeping with this person is either honoring yourself or dishonoring yourself. Mm -hmm. And that gives enough time to, for women, I would say in particular, to have time to think it through. Keep that body count low. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No. But like real talk, so like like in terms of like expansion, so I, I think there are a lot of things that, that 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 come into play here. So when we're talking about expansion, it's not just that. So, you know, I, I'm I'm dating myself here, but I like to speak frankly. So when I was an undergrad, which was the late nineties, moving on, uh <laughs> mid to late nineties. Uh when I was an undergrad, the idea of what foreplay was is different than what it is now. The mm-hmm. idea, like that, like now, like like let's be one hundred percent, like just like like above board about this. When I was an undergrad, a woman performing fellatio, well, that that was like that was like yo, that that was a big deal because at that time, black women frowned upon socially frowned upon. Fellatio. That I was like, I don't do that. Like, if you wanted somebody else to do that, you heard plenty of comedians that you want somebody to do that, you need to find yourself a white girl to do that with. That was like a actual thing that would come out of women's mouth. It wasn't something that was really like done. If it was done, it wasn't like loudly done. Well, you talking about like, yeah, this is what I do. And now it's like that, that, that is germane to like foreplay now. That's like, that could be something you could do like 
Some people consider like I can be celibate and still just like just get a little head on the side or give a little head on the side. Some people, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's I'm just being honest. So I'm just saying there is like the, the definition has changed so much and with regard to like, you know, what what qualifies as intimacy and I like I, I lied to you or not. There was um there was an adult film actress who was on Sirius XM and she was talking to a radio host. And she was very seriously trying to convince him that she was a virgin because she had only had anal sex and like performed fellatio because she had not had vaginal sex. In her mind, she was still a virgin, although she is an adult film star and has been in dozens, if not hundreds of movies. So, I mean, I just like, you know, again, it's just like the, these definitions. I think it's just like, you know, the, the the transparency and honesty, not only with your partner, but with yourself about what it is your intent is and what it is you want to do with your body. And like, I think conversations need to happen instead of assumptions. We also have to talk about the pornification of sex. Oh, yeah. There's that. So. <laughs> That's the thing. Porn, pornography now is really, really violent against women, toward women. Where we have girls, teenagers and younger, we have young girls thinking that a man, and this is, it's mostly heterosexual sex. We're leaving out a whole bunch of swaths of of the population, but the pornification of sex is by and large violence against women by men. And where it has become okay and this is what adolescents are watching Mm -hmm. and assuming sex is like Mm -hmm. and so it's very violent they think that a man that being choked by a man during sex is a normal thing and is it is okay they think a man forcing his penis into into your mouth as a woman as a girl is a normal thing Mm -hmm. so so there's two extremes here. We have expanded definitions of what it means to be intimate, and we have very violent sex that is very mainstream. I'm going to call it mainstream, even though it's supposedly taboo because it's everywhere. So we have these two very different ideas, and really, it's probably somewhere in the middle. Some people like S&M. Some people like a little, they, they like the pain factor of pleasure. Um, and some people don't, but that's still also very taboo. But again, a lot of a lot of girls now, girls and young women, they they think that the hookup culture is normal, mm-hmm. and they're they're left very emotionally empty after they just hooked up, had sex with some guy they don't know. Um, it, there's and there's a lot of emotional stuff about this that is sort of bursting at the seams and coming to be explored. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, as individuals, we're having a hard time keeping up and, and thus as a collective, having a hard time keeping up with parsing out all of these different possibilities now. Mm-hmm. But foreplay used to be about sort of getting a woman and making sure she was ready mm-hmm. because the stereotype is that a man is always ready. <laughs> A man can have sex on a dive, you know, just like that. But a woman's body takes time. A woman, she takes time to get aroused. Mm -hmm. And you have to get her aroused. Often foreplay involves the man doing things to a woman's body to get her aroused. 
to be ready for sex, for her body to be ready for sex. Now it's like, it's, it's, it's a much more accelerated timeline. I remember when I was a teenager, I was at a house party, basement party, and some guy dancing with me. And I love to dance. Mm-hmm. Dance was dancing with me. And he pushed my head and my body forward so that my butt was back against his penis. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I'm from Philadelphia. And I almost turned around and hit him. It was like, how dare you? How dare you just disrespect me in that way? Mm-hmm. And so I, we, you know, I, I moved away. I didn't, we didn't keep dancing because I felt disrespected. Mm-hmm. Now, disrespect is a very normal part of what <sighs> millennials and Gen Zers are calling foreplay and sex mm-hmm. and violence. I mean, again, there's there's a lot of choking and hair pulling, hair pulling to the point where you're pulling hair out or you're you're harming a person. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a fine line that's not being drawn about where violence begins, where overt violence begins and sex and sexual things and sexual ideas end. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the one extreme that the other extreme of, of finding intimacy becomes that much more difficult because we've added so much at the, the other end is so weighty the violent pornification of sex and relationships and relationships. That's what people think relationships are mm-hmm. is a man choking you and pulling your hair as, as you perform sex on him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, I think, and that well, I think, I think there's a very important word that you, that you, uh, that you use. And I think it's accurate in the word is perform. Right. I no, think that, and, I think there's an expectation. Men expect, men expect that their expectation is that a woman is, is doing all the work. Yeah, that's why they're lame. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, holy. Uh, <laughs> it's not the only reason, <laughs> but it's an indictment. Uh, it is an indicting indictment. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the grand jury of lameness. Okay, so um, transitioning back. So I want to. I want to. I want to kind of like like do a 180 and circle back around to where we talked about in terms of reciprocity. And I, I think just in like, this doesn't have to be uh, solely with sex, but I think this is a good way to kind of suss things out a bit or whatever, because it, when it comes down to it, we're talking about giving something out and expecting something in return. But the problem is a lot of times, even when it comes to sex, even if you're having sex with somebody, the actual communication of what, you want out of the exchange and what the other person wants out of the exchange often goes unsaid. Like to have a conversation about like, what are your do's and don'ts? What are the things that you're not comfortable with? What are the things that you are comfortable with? How far do we go with this right here? You know, like in these type of conversations often don't get had and often because you're either you're scared to ask or it's just uncomfortable, not always, or you just don't care enough to, but either way, the idea that you expect something either because you gave something out or whatever, or you expect something without giving anything in return. So like, here's a weird thing. So I was watching uh, this, this series on Netflix. It's called Rhythm and Flow. And the reason why I watched it, and I'm not trying to do a, a, a public publicity, I like anything 
documentary based or documentary ish with regard to hip hop. I've watched so many hip hop documentaries, not all of them good, but I watch them because I love hip hop and I love to see like what the different people in hip hop that I've listened to over the years have to say or what their angle is or whatever. So this is a competition show where like some artists get together and they find like contestants and they try to pull them in and see who's got like the juice or whatever. And a lot of times I really don't care about that type of stuff, whatever, but I find that the, the particular artists for Chance the Rapper, T.I. and Cardi B, which I thought was an interesting mix. Like I never thought I would see the three of them working together for some aim of like, you know, so I'm interested, I'm intrigued. So I, I'm, I've watched one episode and this one young kid was talking about like, you know, how a lot of the people that he cares about have been like, you know, victims of gun violence, they've been murdered, et cetera, et cetera. And like, you know, he's like, yeah. So it was like, you know, he if he has an opportunity to change that circumstance by becoming successful or getting an opportunity and break through this competition, then he's going to use that opportunity to get the people he cares about out of that situation. Fast forward, because that sounds admirable. And a lot of people think like that when they're going for like, you know, stardom, be it basketball, be it whatever. Fast forward. You listen to his bars, and, I'm, and I, I think he has a lot of potential, but you listen to his bars, there was a lot of, like, murder, murder, kill, kill, kill. So, like, my idea in my head that kind of struck me was like, okay, so you're saying at the end of your joint, like, rest in peace to your, your partner who died, right? But at the same time, you're wishing or you're speaking death on other people, where, like, reciprocal, you're putting way more, like, energy towards death than life out. So what are you expecting to get back in return? And that's just kind of like that, like the whole thing. So reciprocity, I think, you know, it, it is not just your actions, it's also your words. It's your your it could be it could be a gesture. It can be so many things that, that can like involve that. So I, I am I talking I feel like I feel you got really you just have a face right now. So, okay. People don't understand energy. People don't understand that their words have so much power. People don't necessarily recognize or realize that by them that what you said, he's focusing more on death than he is on life. I don't know that. I don't know that most people at all understand that as a real thing. You honest to goodness, you get what you focus on. And I was talking with someone recently. I was going through something and he was advising. He was giving me very, he was giving me exceptionally good advice. (laughs) Was this yeah. me? Was it? Was it me? Was that? Was no, that? It no, it wasn't me. It wasn't, okay, it wasn't you this time. I, I knew it wasn't me because you said exceptionally <laughs> good advice, and I I don't think I've ever done anything exceptionally well. I'll keep trying though. I'm not gonna get into that with you on this. It's, 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 it's no need. It's no need. It's no need. We all know the truth. Go ahead, carry on. What he was saying <laughs> was, uh, he was talking about how. We often don't realize that we're calling in the thing because it comes, it shows up in the form of distraction. And distraction is also about whatever currency we're, de- we're currently dealing in. Uh, his example was if you're trying to make more money, once you get a little bit past whatever you were, people come out of the woodwork and start asking you for money. So the distraction is part of the is part of the energy that you're putting toward it, but it's still in the same currency. So it's learning to distinguish within a specific currency what is and is not a distraction. We were talking for me, he was talking about time. Mm-hmm. And 
I have this much time to complete all of these projects. And with these projects, I can only work on one, you know, me, myself with time, I can only work on one at a time. Mm -hmm. So my distraction is how I'm using my time, how I'm wasting my time. So reciprocity, bring, pulling this back to reciprocity, it, most people don't understand how powerful the energy that they're putting out is mm -hmm. and that they're getting it back perhaps in ways that don't match the picture in their head. But if you really thought about what the, what the building blocks of that thing were, they are the same thing you're putting out. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's, it's slightly concerning that this young person is putting all this energy toward death without recognizing that that may in fact draw it closer to him. Mm -hmm. And I, I also want to point out, like, like, one can say the same thing, like, you know, if you listen to Tupac's music, because, like, like, especially in undergrad, I was really into Tupac's music, uh, particularly Me Against the World, because that was, like, freshman year for me. Uh, so um, one of the things you said was you get out of life what you put into it. And you also said in a previous episode that life, uh, you're, 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 what, you, what you see is a reflection of how you view yourself. Mm-hmm. So if he's like putting more death into to like uh, his his lyrics, perhaps than than he's putting into life into it. And I only heard like a, like like a sixteen bar sampling, so I, so I can't say that's the totality of his music or how he views things. I'm just going to pun that what we got through edits. Um, one could say that like like you know like you know it's like you know how he views himself. You know what I'm saying, or how he views his place. I mean, which could be like an interesting, you know, uh, thing. I don't know. I just, uh, it, it, it's, it's unfortunate when we have so many young people who don't have an expectation of living beyond 21, 25 years old. Uh, that's an unfortunate like thing, but it's uncommon. And when you have an expectation to not live past 21 to 25, Maybe you don't plan to live past 21 to 25 and make decisions that would help you get to that space. Uh, so I, I don't know. And that, that means, so there's, I guess, to a certain degree, there's an internal reciprocity. Mm -hmm. that, that, uh, you know, because a lot of times you're thinking of reciprocity, or at least I, you know, typically when I think of reciprocity, I think of it between two separate entities, right? But reciprocity can be within yourself. Like if you give yourself good energy, then you're more likely to like, you know, thrive as opposed to giving yourself negative energy is going to bring you down. But we feel ourselves every day. Uh, so uh, and we can feel ourselves with like, you know, negative thoughts, or positive thoughts. Uh, it's, it's a matter of choice, uh, be it conscious or subconscious, I guess. Yes, I would say that most people don't know that they have a choice in that matter. And they just exist where they exist without knowing that other possibilities are out there for them. Other ways to exist are also possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think this has been an interesting conversation. What I would like to do is I would like to have you back sometime in the very near future. I think we might have scratched the surface on a couple of interesting things. So maybe we could pick up on some of this later or we can just talk about something totally different. It's cool. Um, I just enjoy being able to like, you know, feel smart for like 30 to 40 minutes um, between the conversation and the edits. And then I can go back to my my mediocre existence. So I want to thank you, Dr. Charlie, for uh, I'm not affirming any of that. I wasn't expecting you to. It's called self-deprecating humor.
Yes, you know what I'm, I'm saying? not affirming your self-deprecating humor. Okay, it's cool. I wasn't expecting you to necessarily. You know what I'm saying? You can disagree with facts, but it doesn't mean it's not true. I'm just joking. Okay, all right, I'm gonna stop. All right, but no. In all seriousness, I want to thank you, Dr. Charlie, for again taking time out of your busy uh, your busy schedule to sit down with us, give us some information, give us some energy, and give us some things to hopefully think about to maybe apply to our lives so we can be better people and be better for the people around us. So. um uh, could you tell us what you have going on in your world? Is there anything you want to share new? Or you want to just, you know, which one, which one tell us? Yes, there is a new course coming out. It may already be out by the time this airs called Practical Tools for Everyday Wellness. And it's an online course. And you can find out more about that at my website, www.drcharliebrown.com. Charlie with just an I, brown like the color. Also, I have a Facebook uh, page called the same thing, spelled the same way. And so I'm really excited about this, this new course, Practical Tools for Everyday Wellness. It offers tools to for you to get through your everyday. It doesn't really, the tools are short and simple. Uh, so they don't add extra steps to your day. Once you once you learn how to do them, you can do them at any time and at any place, uh, in any any point in your day. But they help you to really be the best version of yourself in any given moment. So I'm really excited about this offering. And uh, check it out, drcharliebrown.com. Okay, sweet, sweet. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Dr. Charlie. Uh, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to another episode on www.flashblackradio.com. Again, this is the health and wellness section on Culture Shock. We are flashblackradio.com. I am Da Vinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee at the Third, and I wish you nothing but greatness and success. Uh, stay blessed. Stay woke. Peace. <laughs>